so thankful for you joining us this Christmas weekend online message. If you're watching this on Saturday, Christmas Day, then let me remind you one last time that we will not have services in person on December 26th, but we will be back in person on January 2nd. Following our hosting Christmas Eve services this past week, allow me to share what we walk through on Christmas Eve in our services with you today. I'm going to take time to read the familiar story, the familiar story of the arrival of the light, our Savior, Jesus Christ. But here's what I want to ask of you. At some point in my reading, you, like me, are going to be prone to do something else or maybe even skip ahead on the video because you may know this story. But don't give in to that temptation. While I don't want to give you a quiz at the end, I do want to ask you a couple of questions. But have no fear, I can't see who's watching. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. Scripture tells us this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Then all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Have you ever stopped to count the people or make a list of the story, all the characters from this story? The cast of characters, a quick list. Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, who's the governor of Syria, Joseph, the early adoptive father of Jesus, Mary, 
a firstborn unnamed son with a significant title, the unnamed inn owner, verse seven, slightly afraid shepherds, an angel, a multitude of angels. Many of you have read this story, dozens, some of you hundreds of times. So as I was reading this all too familiar story, I did some story, I did something I've never done before. I paused and imagined the story without certain characters. Let's give it a short try. So Caesar Augustus, I won't dive deep into history, but his role in the story is profound. He was the great nephew to Julius Caesar, who put Rome in a position of power politically, economically. He would eventually lead Rome and take it to a whole new level as an empire. His new status. He changed his name and became Caesar Augustus. It literally means the divine Caesar. The Romans, they cheered him, even worshiped him, but the rest of the world, especially the Jewish people, in which this story is recorded, we're not fans. Notice, you've never seen a nativity that included Caesar Augustus. The census is ordered by Caesar Augustus. And in order for this to happen, everyone, whether or not they could afford it, must travel to his or her hometown to register for taxes to be paid. If you take out Caesar Augustus, then you might. You might take out the decree for Joseph to go to his hometown to pay taxes in Bethlehem. This decree, one he, Caesar, thought was going to elevate his kingdom, really ushered in the greatest king. But this movement from Joseph to Bethlehem, because of this decree, was not simply a shift of location for the story. It fulfills the promises of God in the Old Testament that says in Micah 5, 2, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. So without Caesar Augustus, there's no decree. There's no movement. There's no fulfilling. What about the next character in the story? Joseph. Without getting overly complicated, in normal circumstances, he would have been fairly important to Mary and her pregnancy. But in Luke chapter one, Joseph has given instructions that this birth would not be like any before it and ever again. A virgin birth. Enough said for our viewing audiences. So maybe you could take Joseph out, you might argue, but not really. God chose Joseph because he fulfilled the family tree, the lineage of Jesus on his adopted father's side. He stepped into a role that few would have accepted. He does it with humility. He raises Jesus as his own and in doing so allowed Mary, he allowed Mary to exist in a society and live her life as a wife and a mother and a member of the community. You take out Joseph from the story and Mary would have been all alone. You take out Joseph and in the end, you have a single mother with an unexplainable, unacceptable birth story. So Joseph, he's pretty important. Mary, you can't have this story without her. 
You've never seen a nativity without Mary. It's impossible. And that's true. Mary is a young lady who was called upon by God for a powerful purpose. Young, humble, strong, committed. Mary would go on to live a life as the mother of her son, Jesus. And the virgin birth, it was just the beginning to the miracles that she would see. It was just the beginning to what she would see and pain she would endure. So you can't have this story without Mary. Then there's the angels, the shepherds. The shepherds, the men who have one of the hardest, dirtiest jobs in society. Take out the shepherds. Well, you don't want to do that. While shepherds had a lowly job in society, the entire sacrificial system of the day rested on their ability to protect certain lambs, which were born without blemish, which would be used for temple sacrifices. But take out the shepherds. These guys were represent a very important truth. From the moment Jesus arrived on the planet in human form, Jesus was for everyone. The shepherds. You take them out of the story, it really becomes clean and quite normal. So God had them there for a purpose. The angel. The first angel proclaims the most important birth announcement in the history of the world. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then there's the multitude of angels. We have to have them around because without them, we'd lose some Christmas carols, right? But seriously. Without them, the awe, the wonder, the power, the majesty of this moment begins to dissipate. But if you take out any character, then this story falls apart. We needed the angels to blow the mind of the shepherds to get their attention. We needed Mary, that's obvious. Joseph was a source of protection and Caesar, without knowing it, he was playing an important part in light breaking through the darkness. But notice what five-letter name was not heralded yet in the Luke account of the story up to this point. Jesus. While his name was not given until the proper time, according to tradition of this time period, it would be given in the temple upon his circumcision on the eighth day. That's recorded in verse 21. But his title has been given. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Christ the Lord. This title is far more than three letters, three words. It is an announcement of authority, the Lord. It is the heralding of a savior, Christ the title points the shepherds towards a baby, a baby in a manger, baby, a savior in a manger, an infant who had all authority over the entire world, yet he had come to be among the people. One poem summarized this moment this way. Seek not in courts nor palaces, nor royal curtains draw, but search the stable, see your God extended 
on the straw. Then in Luke 2.21, we hear the name announced that would change history. Jesus. But every character in these verses fulfilled prophecies. Each of them brings the story to life and deepens the meaning for me and for you 2,000 years later. But only one, only one became a sacrifice for you, Christ the Lord. And while it may be hard for us to imagine the story of Luke 2 without any of the characters, I can't imagine my life without Jesus Christ. Because Jesus came to bring light, hope, peace, salvation through his teaching, but most importantly, his sacrifice for our sins. There's one other verse that you may know that summarizes the arrival and the importance of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I hesitated to use that verse because many people, you'll start to either fill in the blanks or you'll kind of turn around and not listen because you might know the verse. You might stop listening, think about something else, but these words, they summarize not simply the arrival of Jesus, but the life, the death, the resurrection, the gift of Jesus. This verse tells us so much in such a few amount of words, God loved, God gave, Jesus died. We believe eternal life. Jesus. Jesus became the payment for our sins. How? He was perfect. Why? Because he loved us. How a baby, Christ the Lord, became a man, performing miracles, forming friendships, lived a perfect sinless life, and died as a ransom for each of us. God loved. God gave. God died. We believe eternal life. If you take the time this Christmas to read the story of Jesus Christ and his birth, Luke chapter two, verse one through 20, all the cast of characters were needed for that moment. But this story is not a fable. It's not a myth. It's truth. And the truth is, do you need Jesus Christ, the Lord, in your story? A savior, a king, a payment for your sins. I began by asking you a question. What would happen if you read this story without one of the main characters? Let me end with a more important question. Is Jesus Christ a part of your story? Have you trusted him as your king, your savior, your Lord? Or are you trying to live life without him? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, have eternal life. The greatest gift you can receive this Christmas is not under any tree. It's not going to be given to you from a family member. It is the gift of salvation offered to you if you will believe. God loved, God gave, Jesus died. We believe eternal life.
Is Jesus a part of your story? Don't leave him out. He has given more for you than you and I can ever imagine. Read the story. Follow Jesus. But whatever you do, don't leave him out of your story this Christmas. Would you pray with me? God, I come to you and I just ask that those who hear these words would ask, is Jesus part of my story? Would they trust you? Would they believe that you love them, that you came for them, that Jesus died for them? He gave a gift for them. Eternal life can be theirs. May they turn to you and ask you to be a part of their story today. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to let us know that you have considered or thinking about this decision, we would love to hear from you this Christmas. Give us a text, simple message to the number 94000. Jesus is light. One word. Thank you again for joining us this Christmas weekend.